0: Good morning. Uh, Good morning to those who are online. Um, First of all, the first thing I want to do is uh, I want to light the candle. The reason I want to light the candle is because when, so in churches and that when they light candles, especially one candle, it represents Jesus, the presence of God that's here with us. It's just a reminder. People will do that in their quiet times. It's a reminder that Jesus is present because He did say He is the light of the world. But we too are the light of the world, which is very relevant to the series that we're on, wrapping up today. Uh, the other thing I got to do is I want to bring this out, and I'll talk about this later on in the in the talk. Ball and chain. (laughs) It makes you wonder, what's the topic today, Scott? (laughs) Okay, it's going to be a little bit longer, and I mean little bit longer teaching today, just a little bit. We've been on this series about following Jesus called the way. And in wrapping this up, because next week we go into Advent, Advent's a time for us to be able to reflect on who this person was that was brought into our world. The one that we are called to follow. So, I don't know if you've ever found in life, but it seems that in life, the hardest things are generally also the simplest things to do. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I have discovered that sometimes the hardest things are the simplest things to do. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll get to explaining more of that. Here's an example Becoming a Christian is simple, being a Christian is hard. That's hard. That's harder to become and follow Jesus and to be intent on that. But becoming one is. Easy, because it's simply saying yes to Jesus, and we can do that. We teach that. Simple. But when it comes to following, not so simple at all. Simple would be, if you want to join a political party, you simply send your membership fee in, they send you a card, you get to vote, and that's it. It doesn't affect the rest of your life. You go on happily along the way. But becoming a follower, one of the things and the words we use a lot in our, in our lingo, in our ghetto language, and I call that our ghetto language because we say things so often that we don't really grasp the impact. But we call Jesus Lord. And following Jesus is making Jesus Lord of my life. That's what it's doing, making him Lord. And the significance of that of the meaning of that, is, and basically is what I'm saying is I am making Jesus my sole influencer of my life, that I have granted Jesus full permission to shape my life as he sees fit. That he becomes the one who can speak into my life, direct it, lock, stock, and barrel the whole thing. That's what Lord means. So when you read it in scripture... When you read Jesus, you know, referencing it, when you read the the, uh, New Testament writers referencing it, that's what they're talking about. That's the level of intensity that they're speaking about. Here's here's the level, the weightiness of the call of following Jesus. In, In the Old Testament, there's this little wee book called Ruth, and at the beginning there in chapter one, Naomi She is telling Ruth, you need to go back to your home country and that. You need to go back there, find yourself a husband, get married, enjoy life. And Ruth says, who is committed to Naomi, committed to being with her, makes a vow to her and she says these words I'm not going to put it up there but what she says is wherever you go I will go wherever you live I will live your people will be my people and your God will be my God wherever you die I will die and there I will be buried and may the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us that's weighty now here's you want to hear a little side thing? That's the vow my wife made on her wedding day. <laughs> she didn't know she was going to be saying that. Did Did you know you were going to be saying that? Those words? No, it was sort of surprise, eh? Came <laughs> out. We joke about that because that's a that's a heavy that's a heavy vow to make. That's the weightiness of it. Following Jesus is lifelong. Jesus is not just the destination we're heading to, Jesus is the journey we're walking and what he calls us to. It's an all in thing. It's really simple, really hard to do. Really hard. Uh, Jesus and the, the New Testament writers call each of us to the same level of intensity in following Jesus, same level. We read those words. We we hear what they say. We sing them even. We sang them this morning. And a lot of times they're words or they're information, but they don't transfer from information to understanding to get into our bones, to get into right, you know, into our minds and to really begin to reshape how we live our lives. My general practice now is to read scripture slowly. Read it slowly, because what I have, for me, what doesn't work, I can't have scripture playing in the background thinking it's going to do anything for me, because for me, I see that as like elevator music, which I don't like, or if you ever get put on hold on the phone, and they have their, they get the worst possible music on, the, on that, right? I don't know where they get it from, but For me, I gotta read it and I gotta read small chunks of it. I gotta eat it, take it in. I gotta digest it. I wanna, I wanna hear what it is, the heart, what the writer, what the heart of the writer was. And I wanna hear the heart of the Holy Spirit who inspired that writer. That's what I wanna hear. I wanna, I wanna take it in deeply. When Paul wrote his letter to the church in Colossae, Uh, He couldn't say enough good things about the church. It's almost like it was like, you almost come away going, I think, Paul, that's one of your favorite churches, I think. (laughs) I I think that's the one that's maybe caused you the least problems. But Paul did realize how easy it would be for them to become complacent in their walking. And he urged them to stay the course. Don't get off track. Don't forget And I want you to hear his words from the second chapter of Colossians. I'm going to read from 6 through to 10. I'm going to have a little bit of a break in between there. But this is what Paul writes here. He says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, simple, right? You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. By the way, one of the hallmarks of being a follower of Jesus is that we are seen as a thankful people. Quickly give thanks. That's one of the hallmarks of us. What Paul has written here is a picture of what it means to make Jesus Lord. It's not just accepting Christ as as your Lord. It's allowing growing roots down deep. That means you gotta let the words of Jesus go into your heart, into your bones, reshape you. And also it's building your lives on that. It's that whole thing of... That God has complete freedom and influence to influence my life, my thinking, my perspectives, my actions, everything. Now, let me give you a real life reshaping of how you think from my past week. Over the past couple months, I've been renovating my garage. And you go, Why would you renovate a garage? Well, there's something about me that wants a neat garage and wants it neat and tidy, and uncluttered. Right, Because I have a hard time f- focusing if things are cluttered. And I've, I, I renovated it from ceiling, lights, walls, paint, doors, a whole nine yards. I even put in a brand new garage door opener to replace the old one we had. And the installation went excellent. It ran well. And then six weeks later, like about two weeks ago, stopped. Showed up uh, there, there's an error code. What? And I called the manufacturer. They had me run through some things, determined that the garage door needed balancing, and I should call a garage technician to do it. So I did. They came out. But I also had them do some replacement parts on the garage door to make it just, you know, nice. And garage door opener doesn't work still. Call the manufacturer. Well, we'll need to send you a part. How long is that going to take? Five to seven business days, because it's coming from the U.S. Awesome. Okay. And so I'm waiting. Literally, it was, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. I'm standing out in the garage. This is what went through my head. And what I did, it was like, I'm going to pray that God fixes my garage door opener. <laughs> I'm going to pray. And so I prayed, Lord, would you come and would you, I didn't say heal, I said, would you, would you repair? Because you can, you can do all things, you know, we say, you know, we say those words, you can do all things, God. You can do everything, you can, nothing is too hard for you, nothing's too difficult for you. I just pray in Jesus' name, I even said what I wouldn't normally say, you can tell where my frustration level was. I just command it to be fixed in Jesus' name, right? Go over to the button, push it, click, click. And then I hear this little voice, just this, this little thing in my head goes, How about we pray? Lord, as I go through this situation, may this be a learning experience for me and how to grow deeper into you and to trust you and to lean into you. I prayed that. Now, understand, I didn't want to grow at that point. I wasn't interested in growing because my thing is tell you what. How about you just fix it and tell me what the lesson is? And I'm good. No. And and one of the things was I've been asking God, God, I want to grow deeper into you. I really do. I really want to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I want to know. And I feel the Lord saying, have at her. I'm going to teach you. And it's like, oh, that's hard. It's hard. I don't want to pray that. I want to pray fix. (laughs) Paul goes on in in this, right, following this passage, and he says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than From Christ, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, and you've heard me say that whenever you see Jesus teaching, His words or His actions, that's God. Paul goes on, so you are also also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When I read those words, what I hear Paul saying is that the teachings of Jesus override any ideas, any philosophies, any ideologies, concepts, whatever. Why? Because Jesus' teachings always go to the core of the problem. They always go deep into the heart issues. What's going on with the heart? Pride, selfishness, arrogance, lust, greed, those issues that are deep in there that drive us, that control us. 20 months ago, the North American church was presented with an opportunity to put their roots deeper into Jesus. We had the opportunity, guys. When I say we, I'm talking about the, and I'm talking specifically North America. We had the opportunity to put our roots down deeper and to find out, to look, to grow. And instead, I'm convinced we allowed our minds to be captured not by Jesus' teachings, but by human thinking and the spiritual powers of this world. And we behaved, I'm not saying everybody, but generally the picture of the church in North America is we behaved much like I wanted to behave with my garage door opener. To blame people, blame the manufacturer, blame the garage door technician. We missed what the real issue was. See, the real issue with my garage door opener wasn't that it wouldn't work. That wasn't the issue. That's not the issue. The, you know, God would have, been, I'm sure, would have been happy to fix the thing. There, you happy, Scott? Go, <laughs> right? The real issue is that I don't like it when things don't go the way I want, The real issue is I want control of things, and this was out of my control. That was the issue. Here's the lesson we get to do, Scott. You want to follow me? Here we go. We're going to walk this one out. That becomes the real issue. For the 20 months, COVID 19 nor the vaccine has been the issue for the church. Hasn't been. We've made it that. Hasn't been that. Paul addressed the dilemma we were facing in his letters, both to the Roman church and to the church in Corinth. He addressed core things that were going on there in those churches that have taken place with us. And it's not just with us. It's down through the centuries, time and time again, churches go through this. They miss what the real issues are. And with what Paul was addressing, yes, they were different minor issues that were taking place. But the core problems were the same, same thing. So we're gonna take a little stroll through a portion of one of the letters that he wrote addressing this. And I don't want you to grab your Bible or look at your study notes or think that are written in the Bible. I just want you to consider... Hear his words for the last 20 months that we have been walking through. I just want you to hear that. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right too. You can fill in the blank with whatever. But another believer with a sensitive conscience will do this. Those who feel free, to must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think this over here, while others think this over here. And you should each be fully convinced that whichever you choose is acceptable. Those who choose that, do it to honor him. And those who choose this, do so to honor the Lord, honor him, since they give thanks to God. And those who also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord, and if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose to be Lord both of the living And of the dead. So, why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of this or this, but of living a life of goodness and peace. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over this or this. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing But keep it between yourself and God. Don't put it on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, what Paul is saying. Keep it between yourself and God. And blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it for you are not following your convictions. And if you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. That's what Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome because there was an issue that was splitting them. That, what Paul is trying to show here, demonstrate, this is a picture of what it means to follow the, what Paul and James calls The royal law. The royal law is simple. Love your neighbor as yourself. Paul had already mentioned that royal law just the chapter before in Romans 13. Because he says the royal law will look after all the laws in Scripture. That's what Paul mentions. First part of Romans 13. Let me just say a few things here. There are people, believers in the church, who are on both sides of the issues that have been front and center for the past 20 months. Both sides believe deep down that the choice they are making is the right one for them. You understand that? see, so here, here's the challenge before I go further. Here's the challenge. So when I say I've made Jesus Lord of my life, then I allow the Holy Spirit, if there is error in my thinking, and I deal with it, and I see something here in Scripture, and I go, gosh, because in my journal I'll write, Jesus, I don't get this. I have a hard time with this, and I'll talk with Jesus about that. But slowly, Jesus will want to shape that and change things and show me that if we have a heart that is bent for God, God will take us there. God will honor our our desire to follow him. This is about reshaping. And we all have to admit, for, for some people, whatever decision they have made, it has been difficult. And I'm speaking for both sides it's been a difficult decision. Hasn't come easy. For some it's come easy. That's fine. But for some it's been very, very difficult. It's been a hard one. And what I've realized, what I haven't heard from the church, what I haven't heard, and, and not saying it hasn't been out there, I just said I haven't heard it, is for one believer to say to another believer who are on opposite sides to say, if you really believe you should do this, then you need to follow your conscience. And I'll definitely be praying for you. I haven't heard that. But that's according to what Paul is saying, and he's pulling from the royal law. What the royal law is that if we follow it, that, that we should have heard, been hearing that amongst one another. And I'll be praying for you in this, as you make this decision. And, and a thing of, You need to follow your conscience. That's important. You need to do that. Listen, let's get right down to the nitty gritty. For some who have made the decision not to take the vaccine, it has cost them their jobs. Don't think for a second that that was an easy decision to make. Some people have walked away from their jobs. How do you do that? Families have been impacted by that. That's a tough go. And that's not justifying all the stuff, all the noise that's gone on all around with that. But they really believed that. That's what they needed to do. They really believed it. That's hard. That's a hard thing. And that's the opportunity we had as a church. and We missed it. Sort of. We sort of missed it. Now, there's going to be other opportunities coming down the pipe. (laughs) That's how how life is. We get to go around the mountain again. And I pray to God that we'll just stop. When when we see something coming down the track, we'll just stop and go, God, how do you want us to respond? What posture do you want us to take? And, And my prayer is that we'll choose to let our minds and hearts be captured by the teachings of Jesus that's what Paul was pleading to the Colossians or cautioning them to let your minds be captured by it not by the the spiritual powers of this world not by the philosophies or the ideologies or that not that they're wrong but they never override the teachings of Jesus never what Jesus calls us to Little simple illustration. So, this, I made it some time ago and I used it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are like monkeys. So, this is a monkey trap. I, and I was, they probably, there's probably trappers out there that catch monkeys. I don't know if they eat them or what they do with them. But let's say they capture them for pets. <laughs> okay. It's simple. They take a coconut carve it out, make a hole big enough for a monkey to, when they squish their hand, they can get it in. That's what they do. And what they put inside is like something the monkey would like to eat. So if they were trying to catch Scott, they would put a, there's a specific donut they would put in there. So that when Scott put his hand in and grab it, the hand's bigger than the hole now, the can't, hand can't come out. Right? That's the whole thing. And the monkeys don't want to let go of their little treasure they found. So they're caught, (laughs) and the trapper comes along, scoops them up, puts them in the sack, and away they go. But it would have been so easy for them to escape because all they had to do was just let go. (laughs) Just let go of the the candy or whatever they got in there, right? But they just won't let go, and uh, that's how they get caught. And we, what's that got to do with this morning and following Jesus? Everything, (laughs) because we want to follow, we really do, but we have our hand. We still don't want to let go. You know, when Jesus says you got to die to yourself, right? We don't want to let go of the things of life because we think, we think that's better. And what we're trying to do is keep our hand there in the coconut and also want to take this. It doesn't work. You, can't, you don't go anywhere. There is no growth. You can't grow down deep. It's simply simple. You just have to let go. If someone could tell the monkeys, just let go. (laughs) You can run away. But they won't, and we don't. We want to hang on. Have to let go. The way of Jesus is the way to real life. It's simple. It's just not easy. Just not easy. And how it begins, guys, is getting to know this. This God who loves you. More than you can imagine, this God who has the answers for our world's problems. this God who longs to be with you, who longs to have time with you, who longs for your attention. And I'm trying to do that daily, that I take Jesus with me in whatever I'm doing. Jesus wasn't mad with me because I commanded the opener to work. He probably chuckled. It's like, yeah, okay, go for it. If you think that's going to do it. Because once you get to know this God who loves you, then you'll trust this God. It's when you start to trust and you know that is better than the thing that's in there. And as soon as I know that, it's easy to go, don't want it. I want that. That's what I want. And I don't get caught. I can just let go. It's so easy. Because I don't want to be influenced by the spiritual thoughts of the world. And I'm talking about, you know, those, those spiritual powers, those unseen powers, those authorities, those principalities, those whatever that just feed into us and, and pull us away. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to follow Jesus. I go right back to the beginning of my journey with Jesus. The one thing... The only way I was going to come back, it had to be real. If it's not real, I'm not in. I'm not interested. Don't want to do the church thing. Church bored me back then. It doesn't bore me now, but it bored, bored, it bored me back then. Like when I was a teenager, it was like, no, nope, not in. Not in. It's the way to go. It's the way to do things. Guys, so I want to finish my time up here as the leader of the church here. I want to take people where I'm at. I want you to encounter Jesus the same way I do in the sense of to experience that love that God has for you because I'm here today to tell you God loves you passionately. Passionately. My prayer is, Lord, you, you know how easy it is for us to get pulled, to get pulled into different things. And, and we grab onto it because it seems like it's good and it seems tasty. We want to hold on to it. We don't want to let go. Father God, I pray, oh God, I pray for the church in North America to be captured by you. Jesus, if we, if we in North America haven't made you Lord, I pray we will, Lord. I pray we will, Jesus, that we will make you Lord of our lives. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come right now. Speak to people, minister to people, minister to your people. For those, Lord, who are just wondering. I pray right now their hearts be captured by the love you have for them because you see them. You, you are, you long for people to come to you to be your followers. So, Father, just come right now. Just come. Thank you, Lord.